When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by regular podder of the Sunday Mails, Scott McDermott. Today we start with the story that everyone is talking about. Our exclusive that Alfredo Morelos has been the subject of a £7 million bid from a Chinese club. Will he leave before the window slams shut? We look at potential comings and goings as the transfer window closes in the next couple of days and we assess a solid but unspectacular performance in Dingwall and ask, have Rangers signed a new hero following the reaction to Jason Cumdog Cummings' first goal? Scott, where else to start but Alfredo Morelos and China? What do you make of the story? Great story, Johnny, and uh, I've got no doubt I've no doubt that there is that interest from China and Morelos, given the given the start he's had to, to life at Rangers. Um, if the figures are true, which I've no reason to no reason to question them, given the, the the story this morning, it's a huge decision for Rangers to make in a very short period of time with the window closing um, tomorrow night. So um, it would be an incredible. Um, Incredible deal for Rangers in the sense that you know, they signed Morelos in the summer, as we know, a million quid unknown twenty year old Colombian um to you no know, to get six times that, six or seven times that in the space of six months. Um despite the fact that he's obviously he's played well, scored a lot of goals. Um it would be a not incredible bit of business for Rangers. And as we've spoken about in this podcast before it falls into it perfectly kinda of fits into the, the kind of model that, that I think I think a lot of a lot of people think Rangers should be should be aiming at in terms of you know, buying players at that kind of price, letting them flourish in Scottish football, building them up and then selling them on for a profit. We've said that a million times, the way Celtic did with Wanyama, Van Dyke, really classic examples. Now granted, it's normally a year or two with players Morelos, it's only six months, and that's where the big decision has to come from Rangers because they need to weigh up. First of all, we want to finish second in the Premiership, clear second at the, <coughs> at the very least. We want to close the gap in Celtic, and we also want to win the Scottish Cup or at least give it a give it a right good go. Morelos has been integral to all the good things Rangers have have done so far this season, so. They would want that they'll be desperate to keep him at least until the until the summer. The other question is, they have to ask themselves, you know, if he keeps going the way he's going, if if a, a club in China is willing to pay six million now, surely barring injury, in four months' time, I mean that's all it is. In four months' time, will a Chinese club or any other club for that matter, um, no English clubs for instance, will they be willing to pay even more? So it's a real, I think, uh, listen, I know some folk will say instantly, and probably my first reaction when I seen it this morning was just bite their hand off. You can't turn down, no, in the face of it, you can't turn down that amount of money. Well, especially the, the position the club's in at the moment. Yeah. You know, it's, for example, if this offer was given to Celtic, you'd probably say with the, the position the club's in, they've they've had a few deals like that, they had the Van Dyke deal, they had the Wanyama deal, they're in a position to say with Dembele, no, we're not yeah. accepting anything less than top dollar. Rangers aren't in that position yet, and they're still, as a club, getting back to the um, the, the sort of status that they, they, they would deserve. Yeah. And that'll take a few deals like this to get the money pumping yeah. through the club. Definitely. So perhaps, that's that is, as you say, that's why it would be an attractive proposition. Totally. The other thing is, Johnny... No, if Rangers, these cl- no, if a club's been run properly, which, which we believe Rangers is now, no, with Mark Allen in place and there's a new scouting department, the, the whole point of having the director of football and that scouting uh, scouting group, if you like, is that 
if Alfredo Morelos does leave tomorrow, even with a day to go in the window, Mark Allen should have a list of at least five ready-made strikers in their early 20s who are available no, in that kind of price bracket, no, that kind of maybe one, one to two million, for instance, price bracket. And Ranger Graham Murty should be able to look at that list instantly when he knows Morelos is going and say, right, I like him, I like him, let's go for let's go for that one first. If you don't get that one, you quickly move on to the next one. It's difficult that, to find a player that has Morelos' qualities for that price, though, because you're talking about a player who is quick, yeah. he's got an eye for goal, and is, and I think this is the crucial part, physically dominating of yeah. centre half. It gives him a real tough time despite the fact he's not a big it's not a big lad and and to have someone that has all of those aspects yeah. would be would but, be difficult to find at that price but point. Morelos is proof that they are out there. They are out there well, yeah. because because nobody knew about no well, many people knew about him. Um I think it was Jonathan Johansson who obviously knew him from from uh, Finnish football. So there is players out there. Granted it's a it's a challenge it would be a challenge for Rangers getting it done in the next twenty four to forty eight hours. Mm. But if they you know, if this bid's genuine and they and they go for it, which you couldn't blame them for doing, they're going to, need to act very quickly and try and get try and get a replacement for Morelos in. I suppose the pros of the deal would be that it would wipe out the damage done under the Pedro Cashina era yeah. in Pretty terms much. of the money spent on Pena and Herrera and players like that and one fell swoop yeah. is actually wiped out. So Rangers are back on an even keel in, in terms of that and, and able to spend some cash next season and rebuilding the squad. And you, you've got to say on top of that, given the work they've already done, they'd be in a much better place than, than, they, than they've certainly looked like they were yeah. going to be prior to this. It would certainly ease a bit of pressure because, I mean, let's face it, you know, the way the club is at the minute, you know, there's, we, we all know there's, you know there's a lot of kind of... Uh, soft loans involved, no, and there, there's been an accusation that there's no, there's no enough money there, and they can't go and spend, spend big, despite giving Kishinya carte blanche to sign, no, sign the Mexicans and, and stuff like that. So it would just ease a bit, of, a bit of pressure, no. If they could get six million quid in the door, as I say, for a, a young guy who's been there um, for only six months, there's no denying it would be a, a brilliant piece of business but as I say the caveat is they keep him to the summer and he might be worth eight nine ten million who, who knows well we discussed this months and months ago when he first burst on the scene but do you look back now and say Rangers have made a bit of an error and not getting this boy signed up because part of the problem here is obviously in the summer his contract's only got two years left if a deal isn't done then then you start getting into that sliding scale of where his value's dropping because clubs are saying, well, he's only got 18 months left, he's only got a year left, so we're only going to offer you X. Whereas two years and before that, that's when they've got their maximum transfer value. If Rangers had him on a three-year deal, then I think you're talking about a, an even bigger sum yeah. than six million. It's, it's this deal for me that's the... Definitely. John, I, th- I think Scottish clubs in general, um, probably, if I'm being honest, probably Celtic apart, are guilty of this, no, no tying up assets early on, on long-term deals and getting the, the maximum that they can for them. I mean, I remember I remember actually asking Pedro Cushina only, honestly, it must have only been six, eight weeks into the season, whether he felt the club should be looking at trying to get Alfredo Morelos on a longer deal. And Pedro actually said at the time, yeah, I, ho- I hope that's, I'll be speaking to the board and hopefully that's something something we can do. I mean, as soon as you realise that, no, a 20-year-old striker who, as I say, you brought in on a bit of a gamble, no knowing no, what, what he would produce, when he starts scoring, no, if it was like eight goals in six games or, or whatever it was, you must get his agent in and renegotiate. No, it's, it was only a two-and-a-half-year two deal or two-year deal. Whatever. It was a three-year deal when he, he signed, but now it's two-and-a-half left so on it. you would... Why not get get the agent in right away and say, listen, we want to add another extra year. We'll, no, we'll increase his salary slightly. We've been so impressed with how he started. I mean, Hearts Hearts have been guilty of this, um, which I've spoke spoken about before with Jamie Walker, Sam Nicholson, Callum Parson, I mean, three big talents that have walked out of Tyne Castle for pretty much nothing. Um, Rangers wise, Barry McKay, classic example. Rangers not getting his true worth because they'd allowed his contract to, to run down when the player himself was, was open to signing a, a longer deal. 
Um, Lewis McLeod was a similar one as well. His contract was running down, even though I think, looking back, given his injury problems, Rangers course. did well on that deal. And, but. and I think, uh, bringing it right up to date, I think even Danny Wilson mm. should have probably been on a longer deal, or they should have been. I mean, we know Rangers have been speaking to Danny Wilson in the last two to three months. I'm not sure if it's been any longer than that, when really it should have been. No matter what you think of Danny Wilson, he's 26 years old, he's one of your first choice centre-backs. Even if you're unconvinced that he's going to be your number one centre-half, with seven, eight, nine months to go on his contract, get him in, speak to him, try and get a deal done, even if it's only had a year, another two years. So when clubs like the, the MLS club have shown when clubs come in and look at him, you can at least demand a reasonable fee given the guys or given the players' ability. You know, Rangers are going to get 300 grand for for Danny Wilson, which, let's be honest, I mean, he's worth, he's worth far more than that. There's a train of thought, and I saw it on social media last night after tweeting about this deal, that Morelos is actually worth a lot more than... It was six million last night, but we've obviously gone with seven million because of the add-ons. Where do you put his value? If Rangers were in a really good place, what would you be putting his price at? And do you understand fans who are saying, well, this is just another example of um, a player that's potentially being undervalued by a Scottish club? We see this all the time. Scottish clubs are sort of held to ransom by English clubs who come in and lowball them. Where do you put his value? Um, It's difficult because it depends what kind of market you're looking at, I mean, listen, we could sit here all day and compare them to strikers that are moving down south for, for ridiculous money. I mean, if you look off the top of my head, I've seen this morning talk about Troy Deeney for £16 million, which is just, which is bonkers, really, you No, know, given Troy Deeney's age, and I'm not saying he's not a good player, but, I mean, £16 million is... He's not a player that's going to come in and uh, score a wonder goal no, or create something no, for you, is he? He's, he's, he's not a, a sprinkling of stardust no, about No, he's not going to set the, set the hell on fire, so... As I say, you could compare them to guys in England, but that gets a wee bit, a wee bit skewed because of the, you know, the daft figures down there. I, I think the Morelos, there's still a lot of rough edges to him, and I think a lot of it's still potential. Um, I like what I see. I think he's got the kind of raw attributes. I love his attitude, his work ethic. He gives defenders you know, a torrid time. Um, he's like, you know, that, that kind of work ethic reminds you of guys like... Tevez, Alexis Sanchez, you no know, people like that who are just so busy up front and clearly he's got an eye for goal. We spoke last week that he does miss chances. But at Rangers he's getting a lot of chances, so he's still managing to convert, he's still the top scorer in the league. And I think he's only just turned twenty one, so he will improve. In terms of his value right now, having signed him for a million, I think his true value now is probably about three three million, three, four million, if I'm being honest. But there's clearly huge potential there at that age and from what he's shown so far. So that is the big dilemma for Rangers. Do you take six million just now, six or seven million now, because it's a, a huge amount of money and that is more than what he's worth at the moment. Mm. But or do you hang on knowing that there's there's real potential there and it could just go higher and higher as it, as the season goes on. For me, Rangers should accept that if that's the the structure of the deal, just because of what we've discussed in terms of the where the club is at the moment, not exactly um, rich at the moment, yeah. and and the opportunity to wipe out a lot of the the, the negatives of the Kashina era with one yeah. fell swoop, I think makes it a very attractive deal. And I also think with Jason Cummins, who we'll touch on later, yeah. you've got someone who's a guaranteed goal scorer who can come in. My, my gut, my gut feeling, as Johnny as I say, is my gut this morning was Rangers need to accept it. However, they need to have a replacement there. No, and I know you're saying about Jason Cummings, but no, the Rangers really want to get into the last six the last four months of the season, the business end of the season. And they're they're relying, so reliant on Jason Cummings because no, let's be honest, Eduardo Herrera's not bringing too much to the party at the minute. Yeah. Kenny Miller's coming back from injury. I know Josh Windass is there who could play... Murphy could play there. Front. Murphy could play there, but these guys aren't out-and-out strikers, certainly no natural goal scorers like Morelos and Cummings. 
I think the Rangers would need to act really quickly. But as I said, if everything is in place, and listen, maybe I'm a wee, been a wee bit harsh on Mark Allen and the scouts because no, they're just in the door. It take I, I appreciate it takes a while. Can take no a year, two years to actually get a scouting system up and running properly. However, Mark Allen's get get good contacts. The scouts he's brought in have got good contacts. They should have a ready-made list of five to ten strikers. No, because let's be honest, in in you know the way football is today, Rangers as a club need to be ready for clubs coming in for their their, their star players and. No, a blind man could see with Morelos early doors that he was going to hit it off in Scottish football, he was going to score a lot of goals and he was going to make Rangers a few quid considering they only paid a million for him. So, as I keep saying, there should be a list there that Graham Murty can turn to. If there's a replacement ready that they can go and get in the next 48 hours, my gut feeling would be to let him go. Knowing you've got the new guy and you've got Jason Cummings, if not... It's a, a huge decision to make, huge call. I don't see it actually happening, though. I don't think it'll go through. I think uh, th- it's too close to the end of the window. Yeah. And ultimately, I think we'll see that this one bubbles over until the summer. As I say, if Rangers can get him on a, a longer deal, even if it's just an extra year, give him an extra five grand a, ye- a week and then give him an extra a year yeah. on his contract, that'll add value. You could be talking about £10 million in the summer if he, if he gets that and he does... really well in the last six months of the season. Moving on, we've got the transfer window obviously shut in, as we've discussed, um, with regards to Morelos. Do you think there's going to be more players coming in, Scott? And we've also got players that you'd probably expect Rangers to want to ship on. So perhaps that's where a lot of the business is going to be done. But there is chat from uh, Graham Murty himself I think in the press that he was talking about well we're not necessarily going to be done yet do you see any more any more deals being done? Uh, I don't Johnny actually I don't see many I don't see any coming in in the next day or two I'd be, I'd be surprised I think Graham Murty's priority in the next 48 hours will be to actually trim the squad a wee bit and get a couple of guys out if possible um, Looking at players like Herrera, Cranchar, Alves, Cardoso. Definitely, I think Cranchar, uh, Cranchar's contracts up at the end of May anyway, so I think that will just you no know, run run down naturally. I don't think he'll go anywhere. Be, um, being a bit of a disappointment, isn't he? Really, because he's got such talent. He has, but he's had huge injuries. Johnny, you no, know, the knee injury uh, was the big one. He said a couple of other niggles. Um, he clearly. No, nobody unkind to, to Nico Kranz. He can't get about the pitch the mm. way the way he used to. You you have to use him differently now. I've tried to, I've tried him in a couple of different roles, and he has shown flashes of the old Crancher and all that that ability. And probably, if you put the Rangers squad down, looked at every name, he's probably the most naturally gifted football. I think that's clear in, in the whole squad. But, um, probably in Scottish football. Well, possibly. Um, but they've just not been able to get the best out of him, and I think injuries have played have played a big part. And I, I think that's been a big uh, a big frustration to Cranchar himself that he's not really shown what he's capable of. After getting himself fit, I mean, when he arrived from America, he was nowhere near it fitness wise. He'd let he'd let his fitness kind of go so much. Um, but I believe he did get you no, know, he got back to a, a good level of fitness, and he was. He was ready to show what he could do. Um, I think we spoke before about how the the progress game at Ibrox this season, in the first leg, he looked really, really sharp and, and ready to go. Um, but after getting injured, it was just uh, it's been difficult for him. And I think I don't think he'll play much much apart. I think he'll probably be in the bench for most of the the remainder of the season, and then he'll he'll go he'll go in the summer. You've sat down with him for the Sunday meal. Good guy, do you think behind the scenes at Rangers? Oh, definitely. So much experience. Yeah, de- definitely. He's just, I mean, he's been there, done that. I mean, if you're a, well, if you're a Ryan Jack, a Ross McCrory, you know, young midfielders, you know, you look up to Cranshaw, watch how he goes about his, about his business. He's got a real, I think he's got a bit of an, a bit of an aura about him. He's, he's the kind of, he's still the star name, if you like, in that squad, given, given what he did in England and, and at international level. Um, so I don't doubt he's a good. He's been a good guy to have in the squad. Don't doubt, you no know, Graham Murty will have enjoyed having him there. 
as an example to the young to the young players, um, he'll just he'll just regret no really getting no really seeing the best of him. He's not really contributed much to the <coughs> Rangers. Um, no, through no no fault of his own really. Um, as I say with injuries, so no, I think that will just that will just end naturally. I don't see uh, Cardozo leaving. I think with Danny Wilson away, Murty probably needs Cardozo. And as we've discussed before, at 24 years old, a guy who really loves Glasgow, Scotland, the club, he's willing to learn. We spoke to him at length in America, um, and he was absolutely adamant. He would no interest in going anywhere. This is a whole life experience for him. He's enjoying learning. He feels as if he's still developing as a as a centre back. Uh, and and I, the reason I say that is that he's no one who's going to cause a problem in the dressing room. He's not going to be acting to leave. Or mm. well, Graham Murphy doesn't need to worry about him. No, he doesn't need to worry about no a young foreign centre back who no he might think oh god he's going to want to leave. He's not playing. I don't think that's the case with Cardozo. So I think he'll be a valuable squad member. Um, the ones really who who are out the picture. And I would think he'll want to move on are uh, Alves, clearly, and Herrera. I think they're the main two. The problem with Alves is that he's injured. And I don't think I think that's why they've struggled to get a club to take him. I think the uh, club, his age, yeah. Yeah, I think the club in Italy uh, would have probably taken him or another club in, in Italy. It was talking about Qatar as well. I, I, I don't think they would have had a problem getting a club to take Alves because he's profile and his experience. But the injury is just Kai Kai Bosch that. Um, how, how much time has he got left? He's got another year. No, in, in terms of his injury, is it it's another three weeks or four weeks or something like well, that? Well, I mean, Graham Murty told us on Friday, I mean, he hates to put times on it. He, he just kind of said that it was a... He'd suffered, I think, I think the word they used was considerable damage to his calf. Yeah. So it was, going to be, it was going to be a significant amount of time out. Uh, I'd <laughs> expect it to be weeks yet anyway the thing is if he doesn't move I mean he's going to have to screw them up because he wants more than anything else his place at this World Cup I know. Yeah. Um, so I, I think Alves will need to accept now that he's going to be at Rangers beyond the window he's going to need to get himself fit and towards the end of the season he's going to need to try and get himself back in the, back in the team that's put, going to be a fight put for himself him. in the short window which is a, a huge challenge for him um, especially given the fact that you no know, guys like David Bates, I think it's incredible. We're talking about David Bates or Bruno <laughs> Alves in your team. No, who'd have thought that at the start of the season? But young Bates has come in and did a terrific job for them so far, and Murty clearly likes him. So Alves is going to get a fight. I mean, the, the other couple, just while we're on it, is yeah. I mean, I wonder, I, I wondered about Dalcio. I mean, is there any? Looks like that's watertight, doesn't it? It seems that way. Yeah. He'd have been back at Benfica by now, surely. It was odd that he played in America. You were out there. It was strange. Very strange. I mean, it was almost as if... I thought at the time... I know Rangers only had him in loan, but it was as if Murty wanted to play him almost to kind of... Shot window. Showcase him, aye. As if if there was a prospect... Listen, I'm speculating, but maybe Benfica have said, look, you can get rid of him, but you'll need to find another club to take him yeah. on loan. We, we're not no, particularly want him back, so if you can get another club to take him for the second half of the season, then fine. And no, that's maybe why he started the two games in America. He was actually all right in the second game against Corinthians, I thought. You know, he, he was pretty poor at left back in the yeah, first game, but in the second game when he was putting, he he was putting right wing, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he kind of switched, didn't right. he, with, with Kandia, I think they kind of... Uh, I, I can't recall feeling. exactly, but I remember him being on the right he, at one he point. He set up the goal, set up the yeah. last goal, I think, for, for Taverni um, in the Corinthians game. So, yeah, he did okay, but clearly he's not been on the bench for any games since we came back, um, which would suggest he's, he's surplus to requirements. And as you say, naturally, you would just say to Benfica, look, can we just end this now and, and send them back? But it doesn't seem as if they can do that for some reason. Um, but I think just to, again, just to trim the squad, and I'm not saying the boy's a bad guy, but just to get him out of there, trim the squad down, uh, I think they'd look to get that done. Herrera, as I've mentioned, and probably the other one, the most contentious one for me would be Windass. Whether they could... I, I think it's just a gut. But obviously there's been a wee bit of interest 
and I'm from uh, I think it was Preston, Leeds, Sheffield United clubs like that. Yeah, well, there was definitely one bid came in for um, from Preston that was not back uh, half a million. I've got a feeling if the right offer came in for Windass, Rangers would Rangers would would listen to it. Um, again, for a guy they picked up. Uh, for free, pretty much for, for Accrington. Um I, I think they would listen to offers for him, but but that, no, whether he, whether that comes or no, uh, we don't know. Do you get a sense that there's a bit of frustration with his ability to pick up instructions? Yeah, because that's what I I sense. Yeah. I, th- I think I might be wrong. I just think the way Marty wants to go, you know, in terms of being really solid and. Oh, I don't want to use the word workman like because no, he, he likes a bit of flair. That I'm not, mm. I'm not saying he doesn't. No, he's wingers and stuff, but he likes everybody to fit into the shape and no, do their job properly. And to me, Windass just plays off the cuff too much. I think he can be. I think actually, I think he was frustrating on Sunday, for example. No, but the team were playing well, um, but he was wasteful in possession at times. Bit careless, you no, know, with the ball, and as you say, I think he's the type that I don't think you can rely on him to fill in. You no, know, when you when you've no got the ball, fill in, you no, know, at certain positions, track back. I think that's partly the reason why we've seen him in a more advanced role. I think he's uh, best as a striker personally. Yeah. I, I know he's in. He's, he's been playing number ten, and I, I suppose all this ties into the fact that I suspect Rangers might be looking for another number ten if they're going to add anything. Because it's the one area, if Windass was to go, if he was to get injured, well, there's not a lot there. I mean, Kenny Miller can play there. We've already discussed that. That's not his natural position in detail. I think most people would agree with that. I don't. I think even Kenny would probably say yeah. that he's not a natural number yeah. 10. Beyond that, Cranchar, we've already discussed, you know, it would be good if they could get in someone who had a bit of flair, maybe maybe a young player on loan who's got a bit about him, like yeah. a, not not this player, but someone like a Zalalem type, come in, bit of skill, yeah. drop him in for six months, uh, similar to the Masonda deal yeah, that Celtic yeah, have yeah. just done. No, I, I agree, I think, listen, if, if you get rid of Herrera or Alves or, or say Crancha, for instance, or Daltio, mm. then I don't think Rangers would go and get him in. The, the difference with uh, Morelos or Windas is no, they're proper first team Regulars, I think if they lose any of them to a big bid, they would need to act quickly. And so I agree. If if another bid came in for Windass from a Championship club in England, say, no, I think again Murty would need to act pretty quickly. Um, mm. And you're right, they do lack a bit of creativity centrally. I mean, we've spoke about how many central midfielders they've got, but they're all kind of sitting. Midfielders now. I suppose no. Dorrance when he comes back. Of course, yeah, we're forgetting uh, about, we're we'll forgetting about Dorrance. A natural for that yeah, position. He would be, but he's again, no, he's not back back until March. I think he's he's kind of pretty much on schedule, but it'll be March before he's back. But yeah, I suppose he he would be the natural one. But again, if went if you were to lose Windass for the squad, I think Murty would certainly look at maybe bringing in a kind of no another central midfielder, but. As you say, a number 10, no, I'm a Sonder, I'm a Sonder type. But what are your thoughts on the Ross County game? I thought it was a, I didn't think it was a very good performance. County made it a battle, especially in the second half, but I thought Rangers were quite laboured. They never really had full control of the game. And although they deserved to win, it was one of those games that could have swung either way. Yeah. I suppose in the positive sense, that's the kind of game that Rangers would have lost. I, I thought immediately back to the Inverness defeat, when when Marty's first time around, yeah, it was yeah. the Billy Mackay last minute overhead kick. It was very much like that. It yeah. was that kind of game, and I suppose that you need to give them credit for actually getting getting over the line because yeah. it's that kind of tough away fixture. Even though County are at the bottom of the league, they gave their all. They got stuck in, and, and Rangers got through it. And I suppose yeah. that that's the main thing. It, it was a strange game, Johnny, because Rangers were in control of it pretty much. I think for. 80, 85 minutes. I don't think they were ever really in any danger. I thought it was quite a fractured game. It, you know, it, I never felt that Rangers were showing huge threat to County, especially in the second half. Yeah, the second half, I think, was was, was bang average. No, yeah. Let's be honest. The first half, if you look over it again, Rangers should have been three or four up. And to me, fair, to yeah. me that, that is the worry after that game for, for Murty and for Rangers fans. Yeah. Now, 
it's not that long ago under Pedro Cassini, Rangers were going to places like that and, and no playing well and, and losing or drawing or whatever. So I'm not decrying the fact that they went to a, a tricky venue, pretty much controlled the game and get out of there with, with three points. I just think longer term, and Murty touched on it immediately after the game, I think the first line of his quotes was not clinical enough. I think that will be where the, the slight worry is. I think Graham Murty's trying to change the change a mentality that has been allowed to kind of develop in the last couple of years at Rangers that no you can get away with draws no a draws no so bad away from home. I just don't think they've got that real ruthless winning mentality yet, and that takes a bit of time. No, he foster that, and I don't, I don't know how you do it. I suppose you, the two ways are through the manager himself. That's, well, that's what he gets paid for, and also the players who come in, bringing in players that understand the mentality of playing yeah, for Rangers, definitely. Which we've banged on about for a long time, yeah, definitely, and also just experienced winners. Now I know, for instance, they bring Russell Martin in, who's really experienced, and we've spoken about his leadership qualities. Now we think he'll do a good job, but you wouldn't class him. As a as a winner, no, he's not been a natural winner his whole career. Where winning has meant everything, you had to win every game. It's tough, tough to get these guys in. But when you think of that game on Sunday, they should have been three or four up in the first half. In the second half, I thought they were. No, I keep using the word. I just thought they were wasteful with <coughs> with, with good possession and good chances. Um, I mean, there was a couple of instances in the second half, for instance, uh, with Candias. Now, Candias played well in the game. I'm not <coughs> I'm not having a pop at him. There's two instances. One where he's gone down the right and Cummings is to his left on, on the edge of the box, screaming for, screaming for the ball from pretty much the position where Cummings later scored from. Un, completely unmarked and Candias ignores him. I think he tried to beat his man or get his cross blocked or whatever. Chance was gone. Next one we can do us again, a breakaway. But bear in mind, you know, Rangers would have known they were going to get these opportunities because Ross County are pushing, pushing, trying to get the equaliser. Couple of breakaways. The second one can do goes down the right again. He's got two guys in the middle. I think Murphy was the guy um, who was central to goal in a great position. He's only got a. It wasn't a difficult cross or pass to get into Murphy, and instead he skies it. He skied it out, yeah. It just. I think Murty will have been really frustrated with things like that. I That's why Candias is at Rangers, though, isn't it? Yeah, because it is. everything else in his game, you go, this guy's, yeah. a, this guy's a real good player. Yeah. But it it's is. his consistency of delivery That's that it. lets him down. It, sometimes it. his delivery is absolutely brilliant, but every so often he'll get in a very good position at a crucial moment and just fluff his lines a little yeah. bit. I just, I just don't think there's a... Rangers are making good strides. No, everything's... Positive again. I'm not taking away the fact that they get a good three points, a vital three points, given that the Celtic and Aberdeen won at the at the weekend. But you know, going to somewhere like Ross County and having that much of the ball, especially in the first half, and so many chances, they should have been out of sight. Celtic with that amount of play and that amount of chances in that first half, I'm convinced would have been two or three up, and that means in the second half you can relax. Instead, the last five minutes, no Rangers are. There's long throw-ins going into the box at two-one in the ninety-first minute, and Rangers are not saying they're hanging on, but they're under pressure. And if something just goes, no, if something goes the wrong way, or even if Ross County they get the earlier penalty with the, with the Bates handball, Rangers could have been under serious pressure in a game that they were totally in control of against the bottom of the league with a hat full of chances. That. That part of it's no good enough, and that's that's a mentality thing, a psychological thing, and I'm convinced that deep down Graham Murty agrees with that, and I think that's what he's, I think behind the scenes that through his signings and through himself, you know, growing as a manager, I think that's what he wants in this Rangers team, that ruthlessness and you no know, clinical attitude to put lesser teams away, put put the games to bed early and then they can concentrate on their own game. You mentioned the penalties. I'm not doing a, going to do my uh, popularity any any favours with this, but I have to say I thought both were actually penalties. What was your take? I felt that on the first one, uh, David Bates moved his arm. 
Um, and that movement for me was enough to cer- certainly fall into the category of I've seen them given. Yeah. And with the second one, I just don't think a player can put his hand up. I know he was trying to cover his face to protect his face. But I think if you raise your hand up in the penalty box and yeah. the ball hits it, then again it falls into the category of I've seen them given. Now, I don't think either are stonewall penalties, but I think certainly if... I think Rangers fans would be crying out for them if they were yeah. on the other... If the shoe was on the other foot. I, th- I think they're both classic examples of what we love about football and it's getting into this whole VAR argument with it can get away on a different tangent but these, these are the incidents that you know, cause real controversy subjectivity it, yeah it gets, gets both fans in a, you know, in a rage one way or, one way or another uh, just great incidents that we can debate There's, I don't think there is a, I, I agree I don't think either of them are stonewall penalties but flip side either of them could have been given and you wouldn't have too many complaints my own opinion is I think the Bates I think I think the ref got both of them wrong I think Bates was a penalty and I don't think Russell Martins was I think Russell Martins is so close he's so close to the ball It's he's turning away trying to block it I know he's arm, his hand is, is kind of up there trying to block um, again as I, I wouldn't no no I wouldn't complain about the penalty being given. I can understand why it was given, but I can only go in my gut instinct. My gut instinct was Rangers get away with one with Bates. It was actually quite similar to the, the Hibs one that he got away with at Easter Road. Yeah. Almost, no, it was like an identical instant almost where you know, the ball comes in for the side and he's, his arms up. And uh, I think he got away with another one. But the Russell Martin one, I think, was a bit, a bit harsh. So I suppose you could say... In my view, they kind of evened themselves out a wee bit. I think Ross County deserved one penalty, and that's what they got. Yeah, I agree with you. Actually, you know, it's it's hard to get overly excited about these two penalty calls because, as you say, it, it's one of these ones that's right down right the, down middle. the middle. You can sort of see both arguments. Yeah, um, in terms of the actual game itself, one of the big talking points is obviously Jason Cummins' first goal. Yep. Um, <laughs> Obviously, the fans uh, were slightly exuberant in their celebrations, jumping on the pitch. But that speaks to a an excitement that I think he's brought to the table with his signing that I've not seen very often. What do you think it is about Jason Cummins that the fans seem to be connecting with? Personality, character. Uh, it just proves Johnny, and we've, we've said it for a long time that there's just no enough characters in the game now, no enough personalities like Jason Cummings, I think bygone days there was uh, there was plenty of these guys it's a plethora, Ibrox yeah, alone Yeah, so I think they just because let's be honest, I mean they're no without being unkind to Jason Cummings he's no, uh, no the greatest striker in the world, he's no the, this kind of superstar that they've, they've brought in um, no, like a not like a Michael Moles or anything, no, going back to going back to the day, no, the fans really took to him. It was all about his ability. Jason Cummings is talented, he's a goal scorer, and I think he'll do a terrific job for Rangers. We spoke about that last week. I think it's a great great signing by, by Murty. But the fans love him because he's got personality, because he's no he's he's pretty outspoken. Um he's he's accessible. No, he can he's on Twitter, you can no, he'll send you messages and stuff like that. I just think they really relate to him. He's a working class boy, albeit for Edinburgh. Um and they've they've just taken to him right away. Um and I think it was it was really important for, for Cummings to get off the mark on Sunday. It was a I know there was a slight deflection, but it was still a, a terrific goal, you know, the way he worked the he worked the space, got his shot off, you no, know, the way he wants to go to that left foot. Very typical strike from um and not as if he needed it, his confidence will just be will just be sky high after that. And the other the other good thing for Murty and for Rangers fans is that no Morelos came off again. That's two games in a row, obviously Morelos has come off. He's not too happy at coming off at the time. But he'll have been sitting on the bench seeing Cummings get his goal, seeing the reaction of the fans. That's got to bring more out of Morelos, it's got to bring the best out of him. If he knows this guy is quite literally, you know, breathing, breathing down his neck, and that—that's all I think about Jason Cummings that we should uh, mention is the fact that he is a joker, he has a personality. You no, know, he's laugh a minute in the in the dressing room, gratefully, gratefully changing room, 
But anybody who knows him or anybody that's spoken to him or interviewed him or whatever will know there's also a serious side to come, you know, a real inner determination to, to succeed. And you think of where he's, where he's come from, you no. Know, Talking about a boy who, you know, kind of grew up in a you know, housing scheme, you know, gets in at his boyhood club, hearts, gets a couple injuries and is basically discarded, you know, pretty poorly treated by hearts. Uh, and I think. boy, did he pay that back. Exactly. Um, so rather than, you know, get down about it at 15, 16, he goes away. I think it's it's been widely reported, you know, he, was, he had a gardening job at one point and stuff like that. And away, worked his backside off, gets another chance at Hibs, and as you say, boy, did he, boy, did he take it. Um, so, on the surface, no, there's that joker and um, wouldn't ever carry on, but I've no doubt, deep within Jason Cummings, there's a, a real desire, determination to prove, keep proving people wrong and be as successful and as prolific as he can possibly be. And... I think over the next four or five months, Rangers will get the benefit of that. Do you think that Morelos and him can play up front in a two? Morelos being the one that's taking the physical hits, Cummins dropping deeper? I think Murty will certainly try it on Wednesday night at Fraserburgh. I mean, that's probably the, the ideal game for it. Um, I think no, you're, you're playing against uh, no, a lesser side in the cup. I think Murty will want to experiment slightly. I think it gives him a good opportunity to try the pair of them. I've heard a couple of people mention Murty might go back to the the diamond in midfield to try it again, which gives him the two. I don't see it. I, I think against Fraserburgh, with all due respect to them, he can just go 4-4-2. I think he'll keep his two wide men, Candace and Murphy. He'll want to kind of, you know, get them playing, get them games. I can see... For instance, again, I'm speculating about the team, but maybe take Sean Goss out, give him a wee break, and just start Docker in and hope. No, it's probably the type of game, tight pitch, Wednesday night in, in Fraserburgh. You're going to want two grafters in the middle of the park. Great energy uh, in there great, with those great two. Great energy. Um, it gives Docker a start. You know, get get him 90 minutes and get Cummings up top with, with Morelos. Um I expect them to go along those kind of those kind of lines to get the get those guide games. In terms of the, the Fraserburgh game, is this one of these games where Rangers really can't win because unless they're winning eight nil, yeah, they they don't get any credit, and obviously they they really could slip up, but it could be a banana skin. Yeah. It could could be a difficult game, one one that they have to you know really grind out. Listen, they need to get out of there with a win, first and foremost. Just go there, get the job done and get out. However, it's another chance, No, as I, as I spoke about before, it's another chance to go and rack up some goals, be clinical, get get them get them firing, get Cummings and Morelos firing. It's a chance to score four or five goals um, and you know, put, in a, put in a good performance. As I say, ultimately, if it's a horrible night, and things don't go their way. Um, no, just getting out of there with a one 0 they'll 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 take that because it's just about get getting into the getting into the next round. But I think you no, know, the players Rangers have got the momentum that they're building up. Um, as we're saying, maybe getting the two strikers on the park, it's a chance for me to go there and, and rack up rack up a few goals. Um, keep the keep the confidence high. Um, put on a good put on a good display. Just before we go, Scott, touch on the game uh, at the weekend against Hibs. Hibs defeated Rangers at Ibrox in the last last time they played. Yeah. Um, it was a controversial game. How, how do you see this one going? Neil Lennon always has his teams organised yep. and up for the fight against Rangers, so it will be a battle, won't it? Yeah, I mean, I was at the Celtic-Hibs game on Saturday and I very rarely, Johnny, in, in years covering games uh, at Celtic Park, very rarely seen a team dominate a second half the way Hibs did uh, on Saturday. I mean, without exaggeration, Hibs played the game in Celtic's half in the second half. And if it weren't for uh, Neil Lennon's lack of firepower up front, um, they would have definitely taken something for the game. Even then, probably deserved a point for all the possession they had. Um, granted, couldn't really turn it into guilty as chances. 
Um, but they probably deserve something for the game. So they're going to be a it's going to be a big test for Rangers up there. We 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 Aberdeen coming to Ibrox uh, last week. It will be a kind of no, I'd imagine it'd be a similar challenge for Murthy and, and the players. Aberdeen, I've got a lot more up front than what Hibs have. But the flip side is where I think Aberdeen are, are weak at the back. Hibs are really solid. Dan McGregor was immense for them in, in Saturday. Uh, I think Rangers let him go a little too early. Possibly, possibly. I think maybe just at that time he wasn't going to be part of the part of the plans. He wasn't a war button still centre half, no, was he? No, and it was a chance for him to go to his go to his boyhood club. So it was probably the right time for him. Um, but I think he's coming into a great bit of forum. Dan McGregor, him and Hanlon have struck up a really good, really good Very partnership. Solid. Uh, I thought they're, they're struggling for a right back with, with David Gray and Stephen Whitaker out. I don't think Effie Ambrose is a natural in there. That could be, you know, Jamie Murphy going in against going in against Big Effie could be where Rangers get a bit of a bit of joy. I suppose uh, they'll tell Windass to be moving over there and targeting him as well. The two of them working yeah, together. You would you would think so. Uh, that's maybe an area they can exploit. But as I say, they're strong uh, in central defence hubs. And midfield. Really strong in the middle of the park. I mean, they did miss uh, Marvin Bartley on Saturday, who I think gives them something different. Uh, gives them a bit of authority, a bit of, bit of physical presence. But in McGeoch and McGinn, you know, they've got two of the best footballers in the league. Uh, two, two different players, but uh, two of them were, were excellent again yeah. against Celtic. They can uh, pass and they can mix it up as well. Aye, de- definitely. Um, d- diff- different kind of styles. But as I say, it's up front. So to, to touch on that, Scott, They've got Anthony Stokes, who's obviously, there's stuff going on behind the scenes. We don't know fully yeah. exactly what's happening, but he's definitely on the outs yeah, he's, in terms he's, of Hibs. Um, so he's not available for selection. You've got Simon Murray, who's started the season really well and caused Rangers a lot of problems in that first game, but is completely out of form. Yep. You've got the new boy they've just signed, McLaren. Did you see him in, against Celtic? Very briefly, only came on for like the last five, ten minutes. So he's just settling in. Yep. So that's why they, they don't really have many more options yeah, for than that. it's a problem for Neil Lennon. He spoke about it after the game on Saturday, how, how you know, he wants to bring in or try and bring in another striker before the, the window closes. But in saying that, they, ha- they have, if you include Stokes, I mean, they have got numbers there. It's just the quality they lack, I think, you know, and real kind of potency in front of, in front of goal. I mean, started young Ollie Shaw, on Saturday, started the last few games. Bright prospect, has an eye for goal. I've watched him Scotland under 19s. Uh, decent player, one for the future, but but no ready to lead the line yet. Uh, it's not it's not that physical, is he? No, That's the no, problem. No, Going against a yeah, not, big centre half. He was up against. I mean, he was up against three centre backs on Saturday: Simunovic, Boyata, and Ayer. And uh, they are they are big lads. Yeah. Boyata in particular yeah, is a man. So he, he he struggled big time on Saturday. Simon Murray, I think, personally against Rangers, he'd be Hibs' best option because I think he's a nuisance, he's a pest. Seems to do better in the big games as well. Yeah, he works the line. I still think he's a bit, a bit scatterbrained. No, I st- no, he probably needs needs a bit more coaching, if you like, in terms of how to, how to play the, the position. But I think he's still their best, still be their best option. Uh, Anthony Stokes, as I say, I think his time's up at Hibs. I don't think you'll see him, see him again in a Hibs shirt. But on Saturday against Celtic, they they did actually miss him or miss somebody like him in attack, just with a bit of, bit of composure, a bit of guile. You know, can hold the ball, up, you know, play others into play. Just you no, know, he's got a good football brain. Stokes, whatever else, whatever else you want to say about him. But he he, I don't expect him to be there on Saturday. And as you say, the other two guys in the bench, Jamie McLaren, we've not seen enough of. He had one chance on Saturday right at the end. It was a half chance. But worryingly, no, it was a header, and if he'd have really went for it, he, he could have scored. He kind of hung back a wee bit and no, didn't really want it enough. I think it was Kieran Tierney who, who beat him at the at the back post. So I don't think he's ready. And they've got the big Lithuanian guy who's a big target man, uh, Matalavicious. That's pretty uh, impressive, Scott. I think. Um, but we've Big har- Matty. We've, har- <laughs> <laughs> we've hardly seen him. Uh, hardly seen him at all, and you'd need to worry that. No, it seems to. Yeah, there seems to be talk that he he might be he might be moved on. So Rangers will be hoping that they're they're as powder puff 
up front as they were against Celtic. I mean, their main threat on Saturday came from no Barker. And uh, that's what I was going to say. Barker and Boyle for me, they're, they're electric yeah, pace. Yeah, real, real pace. Uh, I think the problem that Hibs have with regards to those two players is they just don't score enough goals. Yeah. You saw Barker get in a great position against Celtic and yeah. it was a good save by Craig Gordon to be fair, Bo- but I mean, Boyle, he's got... Boyle missed a sit on the Edinburgh derby as well. He did, uh, So, neither of them are scoring a lot of goals which puts the onus on the, the Hibs strikers and when they're low in confidence then yeah. it's... But, so I think it'll be a difficult game for Rangers, but I, I, personally I would expect Rangers to win that. Yeah, I would, I would expect Rangers to win largely for that reason. I just think Hibs are so short. Unless they get a ready-made striker in before the, the window closes, who's, who's literally ready to go on Saturday to go straight in. I don't see that happening. So I'd expect Rangers, uh, as I say, Tough to break Hibs down. Celtic found it tough on Saturday. But the way Rangers are playing at the minute, barring any disasters on, on Wednesday night in Fraserburgh, uh, their, their momentum should take them into that game kind of on a high. And uh, I don't see why they'll no, they'll no get three points. OK, that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis from all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can. I'm on Twitter at Johnny R. McFarlane and Scott is at Scott McDermott 8 don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it becomes available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. Use your mind, use your mind